I thought I'd talk to you about Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> I remember years ago when that movie came out and I heard the title, I got very excited. And I was telling my friends, oh, we've got to go see this movie. Well, they knew I hated horror movies, that I hated, you know, all that stuff. And yet here I was so excited about going to see this movie called Night of the Living Dead. And they just couldn't get it, but we all went. Well, the reason I was excited was when I was eight years old, I woke up to an amazing inner experience. And in that experience, I realized that none of us had ever left the heart of God, that we are one in God right now, that God and soul are one, and that there is no separation and there's never separation. But yet, the soul that we are, that is caught up in this world of the illusion, that is the sense of separation, turned away from the truth of who we are and where we reside in the heart of God right now. And we began to look into and believe this illusion and began to chase after the illusion. And in that, we went into a sense of separation by going after something outside of ourself, our self that is in God and have chased after this illusion ever since. And that all we have to do, all I had to do at the age of eight years old when I saw this and knew this was to keep my focus turned around again, turn around and look towards my source, look towards God, and stay awake to the truth of who I am, and stop living in the illusion. And it's at that time where Spirit told me that the souls out here that are caught up in the illusion were called the living dead. They are dead to the truth of who they are, and they're living in a death. They are living an illusion. There is nothing here. There is nothing real. And so I remember every once in a while when I would go out of body at night and go to classes on the inner realms and hear the different teachers and hear the discussions going on there. And every once in a while they would talk about the living dead. And I understood to a great extent what they were talking about when they talked about the living dead. So here I was a teenager and all of a sudden there's this movie coming out called Night of the Living Dead. Well, it's at night when I would travel out of body and go and hear about the living dead so I thought, oh my God, somebody's got it right. And I was so excited. I remember going in and we all took this whole row in the theater. And I'm sitting there and the movie starts. And I'm going, what? No, no, this isn't it. And I, I watch for the first five minutes and then I get up and I leave because it's like, no way am I going to sit here and watch this illusion <laughs> and be brainwashed by it. So I remember getting up and leaving and two or three of the people came up in the lobby because I had to wait because I wasn't you know in a car that I could just drive off in. And so I had to wait for 
somebody else to come out who had the car to go. And so I sat up in the lobby and they were coming up going, are you okay? Why aren't you watching the movie? You wanted to see this. We all came because you wanted to see it. And I said, this isn't the movie I wanted to see. <laughs> I felt so embarrassed. And I couldn't explain it. I, I really didn't have the words at that time to really explain to people what it was that I knew about the living dead and why I had been so excited about it. But that's really the truth. As long as we continue to look away from our source, away from God, away from the truth of who we are as soul, and keep looking into the illusion, we live in separation. The illusion and separation are an action of death. We are not living who we are. We are not living the truth. We are not living in the eternal. Even though we are, our soul is ever eternal and living right in the very heart of God right now. But we, in our mind, and in all the elements that mind has created for us to live in, live in a place of separation and the finite. It has a beginning and an end. And it has all this action and reaction of separation that exists. If we really know that we right now as soul live in the loving with God and that God lives within the loving of us, how can we judge another if they themselves as soul are also that same living essence of God that we are? I learned very early on in my spiritual quest as a kid that we love everyone. We love everyone because everyone is of God. Everyone is a soul. Everyone is God in a journey. And we are to love them for that, just as we are to love ourselves for the truth of who we are as soul. But then I learned something very profound in that moment too. The teacher said, but, you can choose who you like. You love everyone, but you choose who you like. And oh my God, I got a little bit of a lecture at that moment because I was trying so hard to love everyone and to understand how to love everyone and how to like everyone and how to be with everyone and participate even though we were at odds in the physical. I believed one way, they believed another they wanted to do life this way. I wanted to do my life another. And oftentimes I would find that they would judge me because I wasn't joining their church or I wasn't doing it their way. And so this teacher told me and said, you choose who you like. You choose your friends. You choose wisely. You choose people who are living more in alignment with where you were living. But at the same time, you love everybody equally because we are all one and the same in God. There is no separation. And the teachers took me inward and upward in my meditation, in my prayers at the time. I didn't really know of meditation per se. It was prayer. And into the very heart of God to experience just that over and over so that I would not forget we are one. We are eternal. 
and we've never left the heart of God. That's why I say today I am here, Brian is here to help people to understand that. But more than just to understand it, because you really can't understand it with the mind, the mind is not one in spirit. The mind is not of spirit. The mind is of this creation, of the physical reality, and that which is the illusion and the separation. And what we're here to do is to help you as soul to wake up once again and remember. Remember the truth of who you are. You are divine. You are a child of God. You are a spark that is eternal in God right now. And I say all the time that one day you're going to wake up and you're going to know you never left the heart of God. And I can say that because I know that to be true for myself and I know it's for you. I have seen a lot of you and a lot more than just you in the heart of God, living there, dwelling there, in the oneness. Because I am one with you and you are one with me. We are not separate. We are one. We are God's loving. And that loving is one eternal movement. It isn't little components made up of different actions. It is one eternal movement of the divine flow of loving. And that's who we are. And it is for us to wake up once again and to know that. Well, the world isn't that. The world is the opposite of that, if you will. In this creation, there is no loving. There is love, which is a whole other story, but there is no loving other than the loving that we bring to this creation. We as soul is the divine movement of loving. And the loving that we are longing for so much to have in her life is right inside of you. And it's right inside of each one of us. We are longing for that which we have. But we're looking in the wrong direction. Just as we're looking out of the heart of God, not looking to the truth of who we are in the heart of God or looking to the truth of God itself, we are looking away from and looking at the reflection of the light that is coming from God and believing the reflection rather than the truth. And so we are chasing ever after the reflection of love, but not realizing that we are the loving that is being reflected out here. So the key is is to stop looking outside of ourselves, stop looking into the world for this truth, stop looking for loving in the world to fill us up, and go inside. And just let go of the world for a moment. Just go inside and wake up to the truth of who you are as soul. You know your body. You know your emotions. You know your imagination. You know your mind. You may not know them fully, but you know them. And you know how much they control you and run you and rule you. And how much they can tear you apart. 
What I'm asking you to do is to stop looking and living and believing their voices and rise above them. Go inside, meditate by closing your eyes and holding your focus inward and upward here to the seat of the soul. And begin waking up here again. Wake up here. You went to sleep here. When you came into this world, when you looked away from the source and looked out into this creation and began to live into and believe into the separation, you began to believe in all the components, the mind, the emotion, the imagination, the body, and all the other elements. And you've lived in them, caught up in them. And your soul has been trapped by them to live in separation. And the realms of separation only live as long as you live here. If we all as soul withdrew from here in this very moment, this would all drop back into the nothingness from which it came. This is all created out of nothing and it will go back to nothing. Isn't that what this creation is? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was void and without form. But uh, this is void. This is formless. There is nothing here. It says it in the Bible. But we came down into the nothing and began to stir the waters and we created this illusion. Pretty real illusion, but it's an illusion. This is not real. And what we're asking you to do is to give yourself time every day to wake up again because this is a place of sleep. Separation is going to sleep. Living in the illusion is going to sleep. Giving your power away to the illusion is going to sleep. And what God is asking is for us to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Go inside and wake up to the truth of who you are. Go inside and live once again in that truth that you are soul, that you are a child of God. By going inside and bringing your consciousness, your awareness, back here to the seat of the soul, by holding your attention here and in this area, holding loving with God, just sharing your loving with God and allow God to share loving with you, you're going to begin to wake up to the greater truth of who you are once again as that living, loving essence of the Lord. And you will begin to live the truth of who you are above the mind and all these elements of separation and illusion and begin to know the truth once again that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord and you don't have to go to anybody or anything or any place to live the loving. You are the loving. All you have to do is wake up to it again and then choose into it more and more every day to live it. It's just that simple. And yet, it is just that hard. Because when you close your eyes and you go inside and you begin to hold your focus above all the elements of the physical creation to wake up once again to the truth of who you are as soul, 
You think your mind's just going to let you walk right on by? No way. Where are you going? I, I didn't say you could look up there. No, don't look up there. There's nothing up there. Just keep looking where I'm telling you to look. you got problems down here. Get down here and fix them. You created them. You take care of them. The emotions are going to say, where, where, where are you going? Are, are you abandoning me? Don't leave. You've got to stay here and keep me company. I don't want to be alone. Well, haven't you ever felt like that on a Saturday night when everybody else is out on a date? It's like, where did they go? Nobody called me. I'm stuck here. Oh, my God. This isn't fair. Isn't it that same feeling? So when you sit down and close your eyes and go inside, whether it's in prayer or in meditation, truly focusing up to God, you are going to confront these different components of yourself that are in separation and that are a part of the created separation. And it's their purpose and intention to keep you separated. Why? Because you give them life. Without you, they die. You have to feed them. You have to continually bring life energy to them. You keep the element of the mind alive. You keep the elements of emotion alive. You feed the imagination. And you ever lust and long for and ever push into the physical through all of that action. And so they're going to do everything they can to stay alive. I remember one way a spiritual teacher taught, how, taught this to me was he took me and he said, you've heard about the different gods throughout the ages, correct? And I said, yes, oh yeah. And they said, do you know of the Greek gods? And I said, yeah, Zeus and Diana and Athena. And, and so he said, well, we're going to go visit them. And I go, what? I didn't think they were real. And he said, well, let's go. I'll introduce you. You'll get to meet them. And then you'll see if they're real or not. And I'm going, in my mind, as we're traveling to go, I'm thinking, well, if we're going to go visit them, aren't they real? You know, what does he mean? And then you can see if they're real or not. And so off we go. And we go to this beautiful place. It's high above clouds. It's in this city. And there is Athena. And she greets us. And we walk in. He introduces us. And she's just a wonderful presence. But on the other side of her, there's this anger and this control. I, I, it was so funny. It was almost really a two-sided individual. And I couldn't quite figure out what I was seeing. I thought, well, this can't be really a god or a goddess if there's this other side, because I don't know the stories. I didn't know the stories of the Greek mythologies and all at the time and how they are really two-faced or two-sided. And we went in and I met a few of the others and then I met Zeus. And they started asking me questions. I thought I would ask them questions about 
things. But they were asking me questions about how is the world and what's going on and who are they worshiping now and, <laughs> and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm kind of going, what? And so when we left, my teacher sat me down and he said, so were they real or not? Are they gods or not? And I go, well, they're there. And, and they have presence. They, they know who they are. I, I guess they're gods. And he said, you guess? You don't know? And I said, okay, I know they're gods. And he said, so what kind of gods are they? Are they powerful gods? Are they eternal gods? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what eternal God would look like. And he said, wait a minute. Where do you go every day in your prayers? Who is it that you merge into to know the truth of who you are? And I said, I merge into God and into the loving. And he said, is that God eternal? Is that loving eternal? I said, yes. Oh, I know that. I know that. <clears throat> he said, did you merge into these gods, did you merge into loving? Was loving really present there with them? And I said, well, no, not really. There wasn't the loving there. That's true. They can't be gods. There's no loving there. And he said, do you know how these gods came to be? And I said, no. I mean, I just know that they're there. He said, these gods exist only because people believed in them. These gods existed because people loved them, feared them, prayed to them, and gave them life. They did not exist until the culture of the day created them as gods of this culture. And they exist today only because people still talk about them at universities, and in Greek studies, and in classes on mythology. They still exist only because people feed by talking about them. And that keeps them somewhat alive. But what you saw today is a weak image of what used to be when the Greeks believed in them fully and worshipped them fully and fed them life. And then he took me to this cave, and he had me sit in this cave. And he said, now I'm going to introduce you to some other gods. And these are your gods. And I went, what? I don't have any gods. And he said, no, just sit here for a minute, and I'll introduce them to you. And he brought this child in. And this child was very loving and innocent, but also very fearful. And I thought, how could this be a God? You know, this child is very fearful. and It's a child. How could this be a God? And then brought in another and another. And after uh, three or four of these individuals came in and came and, and sat with us to be with us, the teacher said, do you recognize any of these? Well, I after looking at all of them, 
I realized I did recognize the child and the fear. Because the same words, the same fear, the same reaction in a child was what I often would feel in my daily life of having to deal with the world and with people. And I didn't like it, but I said, well, yeah, I know that that child is me. That's a part of me. But that's not a God. And he said, it's a God because it is something that you are feeding and keeping alive, separate from you and yet in you. And even though you don't want it, you keep it alive. And he explained to me all these different components of myself that were my gods that I was feeding. And he said, if you don't like having these gods before you, and if you don't like worshiping these gods, then you have to let them go. You have to let them dissolve. You have to let them die. Stop feeding them. Stop giving them importance. Stop giving them your life essence. And bring that all back to yourself. Bring all that back to yourself and truly live the truth of who you are. And then I realized how much we give our power away, not just to others in the world, but to these illusions that we are taught and to these illusions of ourself that we have created. And we make them gods. We set up idols and worship them. And it's important that we stop worshiping the outer. We stop making the outer so important. And really put our loving and our worship, our adoration, back where it belongs, with God, with the truth. And what God wants is for us as soul to wake up once again to the truth of who we are, that we are eternal, and that we are that living, loving essence of God, and to begin to live that living, loving essence once again, and not just put it out here as an energy of want and need and command and demand and trying to create what we want with that misdirected energy and bring it all back to ourselves and just love the Lord, just be in loving with God, and in that loving, you're going to wake up to the truth, let go of the illusion, and once again, live the loving, even while you're in the body. You're going to live the truth of who you are as soul and be able to get up and go and do the day as a living, loving essence of the Lord as soul awake. And all you have to do, if you need a reminder, is just look up. And there it is. You just look up. And there's the loving. There's the presence of God ever shining down upon you. And you are ever shining that light of God in you as soul. You are that. And it's for you to wake up to that. Every teacher that has been on the planet that truly is teaching a spiritual pathway is teaching the same thing. I and the Father are one. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And in that living, loving essence, we are all one. 
We are not separate. We are one. But you're never going to find it as long as you keep looking out in the world for it. You're going to live in separation. You're going to be chasing after the illusion. You're going to be creating gods that you're going to worship rather than worshiping the God that created you. That's the difference. The inner and the outer are a very different pathway. The outer has a lot to offer. Why? Because we get experience by walking in the outer. God has let us live in separation and live into the illusion and walk through it because the soul is gaining so much awareness through experience in separation. And it's through separation that we become so strong in the truth of who we are, which is loving. So if you really want to know who God is, if you really want to know who you are, if you really want to be filled with the loving, that you are longing for, however it might be interpreted and defined inside of you, the way to do that is to sit down every day and meditate. Go inside. And don't try to meditate gaining powers and becoming psychic and whatever else. Go inside to just love the Lord. I love you, God. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I open to receive your loving. And believe me, there'll be a day, if you do that regularly every day, 15 minutes a day, half hour a day, whatever, you do that every day, and there will be a day, I don't know when, I don't know if it'll be a month, a year, or 30 years, but there will be a day in there where all of a sudden you'll look up That love will be there. I just want you to know that love. That's all I want. I just want you to wake up to that and to live in that and to know that. Once you taste it, once you've known it once, there's no turning back because then you know the truth. Then you know who you are. Then you know What you've been longing for has been inside of you all along. And I cry because it's so wonderful when I look up and see God and His radiance there and the loving is there. And I cry because I look out here and I see the separation and I see the pain and I see the longing and I see the want and I just want it so bad for you. And I just want to give it to you, but I just can't other than just to give words that might inspire you in hopes that you will sit down and do the work. You have to do it. You are your Savior. You are your salvation. The way-shower is the way-shower, and the Savior is the Savior. The way-shower comes and shows the way, but it is you who has to do the work. You save yourself by sitting down every day and spending some time with God. The true principle of tithing isn't about giving your money. If it was, 
I'd be asking for you right now to give 10% of your life earnings to me. And if you have 10 babies, give me one. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want them. <laughs> you can give them to me, but I'll give them back for you to raise. How's that? <laughs> the 10% is something that mankind misdefined. The 10% is not about tithing possessions of the world. 10% is about tithing time to God every day. Sit down every day and tithe time to God. Give time to the divine in you. Give your loving. Spend time with God, loving God. Don't sit there going, now Lord, I need $10,000 for this bill. I need, well, why don't you just give me $10 million and then I'll be fine. How about that? That's not what this is about. This is about you sitting down and just loving God and letting God love you. Letting God love you. God loves you all the time, is giving you loving, 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 loving. But you don't know it. You don't feel it. You don't see it. You don't have the presence of it because you're looking away from the loving rather than to the loving. Look inside and go inward and upward and truly give 10% of the day if you can. Two hours and 24 minutes just loving the Lord. Oh, wait a minute. Where do I get this two hours and 24 minutes? I don't know. God asked us to do it. You figure it out. If you do the 10% of the day, or even if you do 1% of the 10%, just spend a moment with God, looking up and saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm not here for a long time, so just Get this quick. <laughs> but I'm here for you, and I love you, and I open to receive your loving. There'll be a day when you're going to feel the movement of that, and you're going to go, oh, okay, well, I'll give you double the time. <laughs> and then you'll give a lot more because you'll want to be in that loving more and more and more. And the more you're in it in your meditation, the more you're going to find that that goes with you during the day. And I can remember... I was praying from the age of five until the age of 18. I did prayer. I didn't know about meditation. It wasn't until I was 18 that I met my first physical spiritual teacher. And he began to talk to me about the difference between prayer and meditation. Well, I had been doing meditation for the most part all the time, but I called it prayer. And then he helped me to understand even how to Deepen it. Give it more depth. And it is with that action that if you will give time to God every day and give yourself the opportunity, you will wake up to the loving inside of you. You will know who you are as the living, loving essence of God and be able to live that daily. And I remember one day I missed my prayer. Usually I would get up, just as soon as I got up out of bed, I would meditate, I would pray. Whether it was, you know, as a child or up to today. But one day I missed it. I don't know why, but I missed it. And I was at school and going through a test or something. And I was just so angry and I was just mad at the teacher and mad at 
people around me and just mad at the energy of the day. And I got up and I went to the bathroom because I'd often go to the bathroom just to get away from everybody and everything and try to cleanse my aura, cleanse this energy around me. I didn't know it was called aura then, but this energy around me because I was picking up stuff from people. Their worry, their concern, their fear. And I, I just wanted it off. I mean, go away, go away. I didn't understand it at the time that well. And as I was doing it, all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I didn't spend time with God today. And so I went into the, the cubicle and I sat down and I said, God, this is the strangest place I could ever do this, but I'm with you. I'm here for you. I'm with you right now. And I closed my eyes and I prayed. And as I was sitting there praying, somebody else came in and sat in a stall next to me. I didn't really pay much attention to it. And I, I, I would pray inside silently, just sharing my loving with God and, and opening to receive God's loving. And by then I knew about going into the heart of God and, and how to do that and to live into that loving. But it doesn't happen every day. I wish it did. But when it does, it does. And so... I was sitting there, and I realized, oh, my God, I'm going to get back to the class. I'm, she's she's going to be wondering, what, what did he do? Where did he go? And, and I remember saying out loud, amen, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I got up, and about that same time, this guy was coming out of the stall, and I was kind of shocked. I didn't you know, pay much attention. And he goes, who were you talking to? And I go, I wasn't talking to anybody. He goes, well, what was that I'll talk to you later about? <laughs> and he looks at my stall. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I was so embarrassed. I had no way to explain it. I said, oh, I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> so, you know, you find time when you find time. But the day, rest of the day was great. It was great. And I got 100 on my test, and I... Just had a wonderful day after that, no problems. But not having done the meditation prior to going to the day, it, it, I entered into a little bit of a separation, and I really understand what that separation is. And so I can feel it now. I can tell, oh my God, I am not with myself. I am not centered. I am not in the flow of loving. I am not awake to my soul. And I'll just close my eyes for a second like I did a minute ago, and look up, and if I look up again, I don't <laughs> I'll start crying. <laughs> so I won't look up. <laughs> but all I have to do is look up now, and there, there it is. I mean, I, there's the flow. And all I have to do is jump into it and go. <laughs> I almost did. Oh. All right. Well, thank you.